0: So, one of the, we uh during our call, uh a few days ago, um which was yesterday, was it? <laughs> uh, Saturday, something
1: Saturday, like something that. like that.
0: <laughs> uh, it is Tuesday. That's right. Oh my gosh. Yep. Dude, the days these past few days have just melted together. I know it. I know it. But uh, we talked about um living in Nashville versus having like the money aspect mm-hmm. of it. Tell me about that.
1: So. I had an interesting conversation with my sister recently where she said she sat down with her Boyfriend and they were both looking at like how much money do we actually make in Nashville versus on the road? and I think for a lot of Nashville musicians they actually make most of their music in other places mm. or make money most of their money from music in other places um, It's a place where a lot of like touring musicians live right Um and so, if you're not at the point in your career yet where you are able to sustainably be touring, um, you know, you'd think you might just be like playing shows in town all the time to pay the bills. I know for me and most of my friends that I know, we kind of piece it together in a lot of different ways, basically, for the the purpose of being a musician and Being able to sustain being a musician, you know, you have to, like, be be creative with how you're making your money. Um, So, like, I teach music lessons, which I love to do. I also, um, like, recently have gotten more, like, transcribing work, where I'm, like, Mm. transcribing someone's songs on paper for them um, or recording someone's music for them that kind of work um and i've also recently started doing some more like side person work where i'm gonna go on the road with my friends playing piano um in september plug dallas ugly great great band look them up i
0: I was i was supposed to have them on i was yeah because i well yeah
1: They're my best friends. They're yeah, so they, good.
0: they talked about you actually. Really, we uh, because I I went to their show on Zootropolis. Zutrop, uh, oh, okay. And they were supposed to, uh, we were we had it scheduled that they were supposed to come on that Saturday, but mm-hmm. unfortunately they had to find a place to stay the night, which yeah they had to go in Philly. So I'm planning to have. Reach out to them in Nashville when awesome. I when I go this this December. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, Maybe you have definitely them on should. They are they're the coolest. Oh yeah, um, the, quick plug for Dallas Ugly. Please yeah. do check out their music. It's really
1: awesome. They're amazing. They're so amazing. So I'm really excited. They haven't announced this yet. I don't know if this is a secret, but I'm gonna be playing keyboard for them in September, and I'm very excited. That's sort of like my first time going on the road as a side person, mm. and I'll also be doing an opening set for them. Um, at those shows yeah, and really convenient <laughs> yeah honestly that's kind of the dream like that's kind of the goal for me right now like going back to the money thing um cory and i had a conversation this past weekend to sort of get ready for this and i was telling him that as a band leader it's just really expensive <laughs> it because you know there are bands where it's a mutual band like for example Dallas Ugly. ugly yeah. Those three created that band together. They all write songs and create and arrange the music together. So they're not yeah. paying each other. They all play a show and they all make money from that show. But when you're a, a front person leading a project, you know you're hiring people to play with you, mm-hmm. um, and some people's whole job in Nashville is being side musicians. So it's it's really not. And it's not cool to like have people play and, and not, not pay them, pay them. like yeah, that. It's not doesn't cool. really happen. i mean, you know, there are people who are really good friends and they'll sort of Favors, be like, oh, right. I'll play on your music if you play on mine, or I'll play on this session for you if you make me some merch or like whatever. Um, but as you can imagine, that's not so sustainable. entirely sustainable. Yeah. So um that's, you know, part of the reason I'm sort of taken like just like I think very slow like intentional steps with my solo career because at this point i don't i don't have the resources to be like taking a full band on the road you know or something like that so for me i've realized pretty recently my goal is um i i really love supporting other people's sounds and music especially on keyboard also on fiddle and mandolin and harmony vocals so I see myself as um, getting more, they call it like a utility person if you can play a lot of side instruments yeah. and, and be in someone's band, right? So um, sort of the goal for me is like I want to I wanna be in different bands and going on the road, getting that experience, um, hopefully doing opening sets because it's kind of like, you're getting all this exposure and you're also getting paid to do it. Right. So for me I think that makes a lot of sense. Other people I know are that are sort of in my phase of their careers. You know, I have a lot of friends that are my age in their 20s sort of getting off their feet, making records sort of like Trying to shop around to labels, but it's like this huge, overwhelming experience, and you're not sure if you want to sell your soul and all that stuff. Exactly um, scams and all and, that. Yeah. And so there's also like, okay, trying to get an opening slot with a bigger artist. Sort of the same thing. Maybe you're not also side personing, but you're you're getting to go along and play your songs for 45 minutes a night all over. Um, so those are some ways that I feel like in the beginning. Of your career especially if you're a solo artist that you can still get out there and still be touring in a sustainable way so that's sort of where i'm putting my focus right now um i love coming home to play shows because lancaster is such an incredibly supportive community for the arts and the venues really treat the musicians well they give guarantees so i can actually afford to come home pay my band really well and still make money, right? But, and then go back home. And then go back home. Shout out to Allegiant Airlines. Very cheap flights from Harrisburg to Nashville. Um, but that's not the case. You know, I I don't know of any places in Nashville right now that I can get paid enough to hire my full band to play with me. So I do have two shows coming up in Nashville in case anyone's randomly going to be there. Um I do do have a following in Nashville, actually. All right, (laughs) all right. So August 12th, I will be at Rudy's Jazz Club. And that's my first full band show in Nashville. Mm. I've had to sort of, you know, play my cards a little carefully and be like, okay, am am I in a position to have money saved up to pay my band well to do this? Um, So I'm going to play Rudy's that night and then Saturday the 13th um, at Dee's Lounge. And super excited for that Um, and another aspect of me playing with a band is I'm sort of in this transition period where I love my Pennsylvania people I've been playing Mm. with Micah Graves from Philly on the piano for years now we met at Temple um, amazing pianist amazing Amazing pianist pianist. look him up he put out like three albums last year he's very prolific he's amazing Um, and a really amazing, sweet person. And we became friends when, as I was studying Spanish, I decided to ask the community jazz band at Temple if they needed a singer. And they were like, we've never had one, but sure. So that was one way that I got involved in music while I was there. But I was really lucky to meet Micah there. He's been coming to Lancaster now for four years now to play shows with me. And then I met um, Jackson Trout through my friend Tuck Ryan, who's local. Um, Jackson went to Lancaster Mennonite, and Mm. now he goes to school in New York City, but he'll come back for gigs, and I sort of have this, you know, this, like, loyal band that I love so much, and we play so well together, but Micah is about to go to grad school in the Netherlands. Oh, wow. Um, It's like his, his dream. He went there, studied abroad for a semester, and loved it so much, and he's... You know, he is just like bound for amazing things and I'm so excited for him. But I've known for a while, like, okay, I have to got to get a band together in Nashville, you know, but I've been recording over the past year and sort of settling in and it's still kind of been the pandemic. So I haven't felt rushed to do that. So I've been focusing more in Nashville on my side person thing and trying to play with other people and now that my album's about to come out pretty soon um I'm ready to be playing out again and I had a really fun gig there in June um that I had some people sit in on but it wasn't like a full set of Mm -hmm. my music with a band so I'm very excited for August but as I said going back to your money question like it is very expensive to be a front person with a full band and so um I'm sort of taking that part of my journey step by step and just trusting that the little stepping stones will appear in front of me and, you know, yeah. I don't need to be doing shows all the time with a full band, but, you know, hopefully there comes a time when I can take a full band on the road and and have that be sustainable.
0: Yeah, it's We've, we've talked uh, previously on different podcasts about how in the South, especially, that there's a lot of tipping that goes around. Mm. Like, they, people pass a bucket. And yes. we, we were con- we were confused as to why that is. But now that you're saying this, it makes a lot more sense of why they, there's a need to do tipping. Uh-huh. Instead of just... Because up here, there's, there's like a tip jar, but no one goes around with their hat and says, hey. Yeah, that's and very true. That doesn't happen around here. Very people just true. play their set. Maybe people buy them a few drinks and then they leave.
1: Yeah, might be why. <laughs> might be why. <laughs> might be why. And hey, you know, I, I don't, I still haven't um, dove, dived, dove in completely into this, into the the venue scene in Nashville. I'm sure there are a few great ones who oh, yeah. who pay well. And obviously, there's a big like ticketing culture, and it's like, well, if you can draw a crowd and sell the ticket sales, then you'll you'll make a lot of money. But that is, of course, difficult as an artist starting out that doesn't yet have a big following in a place, especially mm. in a place like Nashville. There's there's just so much competition. It's yeah. It's oversaturated. So, um, exactly. It's like you know, sometimes doesn't feel necessary to even play
0: there. Yeah, it's almost like you have to make it big elsewhere to be able to come in elsewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. But the reason I love being there is my community that's mm. there. And... Um, I just feel really supported by all the other musician friends that I have there, and, you know, it seems like the right place to be for that reason. Um, You know, my music isn't necessarily very Nashville by any means, but the music that I like to play with my friends for fun is. is, There's a lot of pickers there, and we'll get together, and we'll have parties, and we'll just play music and sing songs, and that's what we do, and, um, you know, I... I think I'll probably live somewhere else at some point. We'll see where, where oh, I go next.
0: But let's talk more about the friends. You you said you had a lot of female friends down there. Yes. And how important that was.
1: Oh my gosh! I have just this amazing. I feel very lucky to be surrounded by some amazing ladies who are also pursuing music, and I really want to try to like rattle them all off. I don't want to miss anyone, but there's like some of my older friends that I really knew before Nashville from the music camp live green who I've played in her band on fiddle and mandolin before she writes amazing music Joby Riccio who is like the next up and coming country singer she is she's so good she she has a new album that's going to come out soon um there's Libby Whitenauer in Dallas Ugly, Dallas Ugly. yeah. And she also has music that she's released on her own that's really incredible. And she's also a side person. And um, there's Christine Wilhoyt who plays banjo and has a band back in California. And she's starting to like side person on electric guitar. And we're all just like exploring these ways that we can um, support each other and become better musicians. And mm-hmm. um, Elise Levy Who's like the next like Joni Mitchell, like really got to look up all these people. They're so incredible. And um, they're also down to earth, you know. I was scared that I was going to move to Nashville and feel like it was this really competitive place. But it is, it's such a like familial community. People just really take care of each other. It's not like a race or a competition. Everyone just wants to like be there for each other and lift each other's music up um, there's Sadie Gustafson zook who is um a really incredible songwriter who also has some jazzy stuff going on like her voice is crazy she's so good um oh I feel so bad I'm gonna be missing people there's there's a lot of amazing pals down there and I just yeah it, it's especially cool to have A community of women that for me that we all are doing the same thing we're all like trying to be musicians Mm -hmm. and to have that sort of camaraderie feels really special and I you know there was some of that in Boston but it was more like people are in school here but to be somewhere now where we're all adults and actually trying to do it yeah oh my gosh I can't believe I forgot Sammy Brayman Like my one of my all time favorite fiddle players, she's in this band, The Onlys, this old time band. Um, they're just the grooviest band you'll ever hear. Um, she's like so passionate about the fiddle and so amazing. Um, yeah, I told you I'd miss people. It's it's tragic that there's so many many cool people. people there. It's like I can't even rattle them all off right now.
0: And it's and it's it's always the funniest things where like you're in the moment you're like, "Oh, I've forgotten every single person I've ever known ever." <laughs>
1: <laughs> that literally even happens when I'm like going to have a get-together down there and I go to make a group chat and I feel like the community is so fruitful that I'm always like, "Oh no, I'm not going to forget to invite someone to this hang because and it's always growing too. There's always right, people there's always who move people. in and you're like, you're amazing, please come hang out with us, play music with us, come to these jams. Um, And it's always growing. So I'm always like, oh, I'm going to forget someone. And, you know, that's, it's a good problem to have that there's so many, so many amazing people down there.
0: If you want to check out another awesome female artist, and uh, it's Kristen Brewer. Mm. I don't know if you ever heard of her. I don't think so. But she she writes the music for Sight and Sound Theatres. Wow. She's like one of those. That's a cool gig. Yeah, that's a cool gig. <laughs> and uh, she has this scene collective where it's all women, and it's all about women from the Bible specifically. Mm. So it's, it's just this ultimate push of like women stuff. Yeah. And yeah. it's really, it's so good.
1: I got to look her up.
0: Yeah, it's I'll so good. I'm going to be having her on soon. Unfortunately, I was supposed to have her on this past Friday, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, she, she came down with sickness. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Happens.
1: Totally, totally.
0: Totally. But I'm going to be having her on in the future, so yeah. I'm super excited to figure out all of her inspirations.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also a bunch of uh, awesome dudes down there that I love who are just incredible musicians. I can't think of as many of them that are, like, leading bands. Mm. Um, a lot of my friends down there are, like, they're like side people mostly um, and supporting other people's acts. So,
0: and there's and there's just a ton of people. There's a ton of, <laughs> <ton> of people. <laughs> there's a million and five bands everywhere. Yeah, especially in Nashville. When you can go, you can walk five steps on Broadway and be in a completely different music scene.
1: I know, I know. Broadway is a mess. Broadway's crazy. <laughs> I,
0: it was. I, we we chose two days. Right, so we decided to do the Pantheon because you have to. Yeah. Right. And then we deci- I decided to do the African American music uh museum. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to that one
1: yet I have not been to any museums yet in Nashville you no. know when you live somewhere and so you like don't do those types of things mm. cause you
0: live there I definitely recommend the African American uh music uh it is on my list. museum I think that's what it's called but it's yeah. it's one of the most modern i think it's the newest museum okay. it, it was like uh built in like like recently. But it, the like the like you can make your own music like your own like blues jazz or whatever music what? in there and like and you can keep it with you.
1: No way. Yeah. How so, cool is that? So that was
0: just an amazing experience. Wow. And not only to get get to learn the history of of I didn't know the banjo was from Africa. Yep. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought it was like from Appalachia because yeah. you know, that's that's the most common totally. place you hear it.
1: Totally. Oh, so many so many instruments and musical traditions come from africa and other oh, yeah. places and just don't don't get the recognition they deserve always
0: right so so that was that was definitely awesome but uh, we spent one day just to, just to travel the city or uh, walk in the city and i was like there's so many music everywhere i can't focus <laughs> on where to go <laughs> it's it's, it a, very lot. Overwhelming. it's uh, very a lot overwhelming.
1: i got to say i don't go downtown that much mm. like yeah
0: yeah, next time I'm going to be sure to reach out to all these people that I'm meeting and yeah. be like, "Where where should I go? Oh yeah. Where's the best place to to eat?" Cuz that's something we were trying to figure out cuz granted we didn't. Uh we should have we should have prepacked food. We should have. <laughs> However, but uh, thank God for Wendy's. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean They've got more than Wendy's down there. They but, do,
0: but I don't I don't know about them. <laughs> that's the, that's the problem.
1: Did they have barbecue at Wendy's?
0: Um, that's so all we pretty much did was got a $5 biggie bag. Nice. Because we were on a budget. Nice. We wanted to, we just wanted to eat so we can have something to eat yep. and then go everywhere I else. I hear you. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to check out cuz they have some really cool venues down there. They do. And I know that Nashville has really good food. Uh-huh. I just don't know where it's at. Well, I, didn't know the I love food
1: like almost as much as I love music. Maybe the same amount. So, I <laughs> I'm happy to give you recommendations.
0: Awesome. So, we also uh talked about um the posting and advertising and and all all of that music stuff that artists have to do. Mm. Talk to me about the process for you because you're just starting to get into that.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I I did a bit of that before the pandemic when I did a small Kickstarter for my EP and, um, you know, would post about shows and things like that. And Pre-pandemic, I also was more like posting about my life and putting up Instagram stories of like what I'm doing with my friends. Um, But I've always felt like really kind of weird about social media. I didn't Mm. grow up in a very like technological um, realm. Like we didn't really have phones until I was like in high like senior year of high school I finally got a phone my parents very much wanted to like keep us distanced from that kind of stuff so when the pandemic hit I realized I I was like struggling with social media and just seeing everything on Instagram it was such an isolating time and to be I don't know, just getting stuck in that that loop of scrolling. Mm-hmm. It was really not healthy for me. It's um toxic. Almost it, and it was very much affecting my mental health. So I actually deleted, well, I guess it still existed, but I undownloaded it from my phone. And I didn't use it for like a whole year. Um, I used Facebook a little bit. Instagram for me is the one that's a little more uh, toxic. But yeah. um i that whole time that i was off it i would have conversations with friends who are musicians and be like you guys like do you think it's necessary am i gonna have to get back on there like the self-promotion feels so like icky sometimes like and i see this the ways some people self-promote and i'm like do i have to promote myself in that way you know just the way people will present themselves and i i You know, I'm like more power to you, however you want to present yourself. But I was feeling, you know, a lot of stress comparing myself to certain images people would put out for themselves and being like, do I want to do that? Do I have to do that? Is being a musician these days, is it separable from like being a public figure that has to like get good photos taken and be active and be like growing your followers and I was like I'm not interested in that like I love music I don't (laughs) I don't love advertising some people do and they're great at it um but I spent a lot of time like thinking through that and one of the things I like really that really bothered me was um some some presences on social media that I felt like I was like I never want to be that person who who posts something of me feeling good about myself but it for some reason makes someone else feel bad about themselves you mm. know and I was so scared of of being that person um and th- but then I came to this place um a few months ago where I was like you know what me holding myself back because I want to protect try to protect other people from what they're going to think of me is not productive Mm. and i need to just be the most authentic version of myself that i can i will i will get on there and post when it's necessary for example i just did a a pretty big kickstarter for my um, first full-length album thank you everyone who helped me finish that um and it is very necessary to get on there and remind people about that because there were, there were people after it's over who are like, oh, you were doing a Kickstarter. I didn't see that. And I'm like, what? I was posting every day. Like the algorithms are crazy. So you really have to like put effort into that. So I sort of like swallowed this pill and was like, okay, at least for the Kickstarter, I, I do need to get on there and be present. Um, but I would sort of make myself get on post and get off. Right. Right. And, um, So I'm kind of at the point now where that's over. I sort of disappeared after the Kickstarter and was like, all right, thanks, everybody. See you. See See you in real life. Um, Now that it's summer and I've got like some gigs, I'm like, "Okay, I feel like it's a cool way to post a pic and be like, hey, guys, I have this show if you're interested. Um, I'd also like to get to a point where I'm like recording some things and putting up some videos you know of people can actually go on and like see what i sound like and i have some stuff like that but i realize after like posting every day for the kickstarter like whoa i used to be like why is everybody just posting pictures of themselves and not videos of what they sound like because like what's the picture gonna tell anyone you right. know but of course it's like your branding and people like to see your face and it is really it takes a lot of time to make videos so sometimes it you does. just want to put your post up and be done i agree so um <laughs> i'm at this point now especially after stopping for like a year that i think feels way more balanced and healthy and i have this perspective on it now where i'm like whoops i'm scrolling i'm gonna stop i'm closing this down all i need to do is post and i'm not gonna go on and look and see who liked it and who's and like I'll set myself a time and be on my to-do list. Like tomorrow, go on, respond to the people who commented, right? Respond Mm. to your DMs, but don't be on there checking it constantly. So for me, structuring my time around it has been really helpful and just making boundaries for myself. And just knowing that, you know, if I put out my authentic self and in a way that feels real to me, then I don't think I'm going to be hurting anyone in that way. And You've probably heard those quotes that are like, dimming your light isn't going to help the world. Like right. if we shine our lights, that's going to help everyone to shine brighter and yeah. have more light. So I've been really working on that and building confidence around that to be like, okay, like I, I want to shine my light. I deserve to shine my light. And so does everyone. And there's a way to do it that's not alienating and well, unhealthy.
0: unhealthy. Yeah, That's something I've been uh, trying to work out as well with the podcast. Like, how do you do it? Because I will oftentimes start with my ADHD brain. I want to know what everyone else is up to. Yeah. And the numbers. Oh, my gosh. The numbers. Can you get lost in the numbers? And it's... It's funny every every time I go to my Facebook page, um, just like to manage something, yeah. I'll look at the numbers and be like, "Oh, it's down this percentage. What am I doing?" Yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's kind of funny because I, I I'm I'm doing pretty well. Totally. Still. Totally. Oh, I
1: don't even pay attention to those anymore. At least right now, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I lost a few followers. Like, whatever. Whatever. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. Honestly, it's I I don't care because it's not about in the end it's not about the numbers it really isn't
1: absolutely not. but <laughs> it,
0: but it it will it's it will suck you in and
1: it, it is tough too horrible. when there's like you know a festival that will be like well what's they'll look at your following right and right so, um as a musician like sometimes it does feel like you need to have an online presence yeah. and so I'm at this point where I'm like okay i think now that i have an album coming out and i'm playing shows again i'd like to be posting like maybe a few times a month just to keep my profile current current mm-hmm. and for me i think that's plenty right. and i'm not that kind of person who's going to go on and give you like inspiring reels every day like i do not have it in me and i never will so it's just who i am you know
0: yeah, that's That's something I'm trying to figure out, like, how how to... Because you're right, the following is a very much real thing. I I haven't had it yet, but I know one day I'm going to reach out to somebody and be like, Oh, you only have 300 300 likes on, like, Facebook or whatever. What's the point? Well, it's not the point! It's not the point! It's not the point! (laughs) uh, Would I love to grow? Yes, I would love to. That would be awesome. But the point is to coalesce experience for those people who are trying to do more. Yep. And and people just love hearing other people's stories. Totally, you know what I mean? It's totally. It's more about the community aspect than the oh, you only have this much fun. I'm I'm gonna get this much exposure. It's not the point.
1: Not the point. It's Absolutely. Not the point. Absolutely.
0: So, tell me, uh, what is it like? And these, I'm going to, we're kind of rounding out our time here, but I'm curious about your album. What is the process behind that? How do you, how are you going to, I'm curious about how you set up the Kickstarter. How did you figure out the expenses?
1: Mm, Well, good question. So I've done a Kickstarter before, so I know Mm -hmm. the general budget, but a lot of these things, I like have these people ready to hire and they give me their, their rate. their rate and I'm like okay to mix an album I mean three thousand dollars is on the very low end like in Nashville oh, a yeah, lot of so, yeah. people are mixing five hundred eight hundred dollars a song it's really crazy so I'm you know I haven't even decided who's gonna be mixing it but I gave myself the lower end of that budget, right right in um, the mastering process I know who mastered my EP I know it. How much it costed to do six songs? So I doubled that for twelve, for right? 12. Um, for PR and radio, I've d- I've done a lot of like asking friends, like who did you work with? How much was it? And there's some PR firms that it's like three thousand dollars a month, three month minimum to work with us. And it's like I can't do that right now. So I'm like, okay, if it's nine thousand dollars to work with one of those PR firms. It's going to be at least 2000 to 3000 to work with someone else in Nashville, right? right? So I budgeted um, also on the low end, really, for a lot of these things. Um, and a lot of the costs, I saved money for, like I my EP came out in 2017, and I've been putting aside money every month and That's year good. for years, and I spent, not going to talk numbers on here but I spent a lot of money just recording the songs and did the Kickstarter to finish the overdubs mix and master and promote but before that like last summer I paid for rehearsals paying the musicians their studio rates so every musician has a day rate that's Mm -hmm. at least you know of course in Nashville several hundred dollars a day you've got your whole band You've got a recording engineer.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you've got the studio that you're renting. All of these things are at least hundreds of dollars a day, yes. if not more, right? Um, so I was able to cover those costs up front, which felt really good. Um, but still, it's like I, I did a $15,000 Kickstarter, right? So it's like crazy the amount of money and time and energy that goes into making a full album. It's really it's really bonkers and sure. I used to not, I used to be like, I'm gonna be an independent artist forever, I'm against labels. At this point, I know some friends who are starting to work with labels, I'm hearing of the the pros and cons, and I'm at a point in my career where I'm like, well, I, I want to explore different types of management, different types of labels and see what's out there because, like, how, how am I going to keep making records if I don't have some help? And hopefully my goal is like with this record, my main goal is make something that I am so proud of that sounds so good that I can really put a lot of money into the PR and the radio and get it out there to as many people as I can. I want to like expand my listeners mm-hmm. and my following through this album and sort of, you know, gain people being like, "Oh, she is doing this thing. She's put out an EP and now she's put out a full album. Like she's
0: She's committed. She's
1: committed to this career, right? So it's sort of like a step-by-step thing. Yeah. Um but yeah, when it comes to the costs like I'm lucky enough to have a lot of friends who've recorded in Nashville and who I can sit down with and be like, so, like, is this a good price for a studio rental? And they'll be like, ah, oh, I'd look for something else that's really steep, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look around, then you find a friend who'll rent out to you for less. And Discount, for, yeah. for overdubs, um, my boyfriend is a sound engineer. Oh. So I actually worked with this woman, Shani Gandhi, for um, recording the full band because That was a very um, complicated process of recording live, a full band with bass, drums, piano, guitar. And she's like best of the best. And I I did invest a lot in working with her because it was like my dream. She's like a Grammy-winning engineer. Oh, wow. Um, So that was really amazing. And now for this stage of the process, for the overdubs, my boyfriend is really amazing at setting up microphones, getting good sounds working on his computer setup to um, you know, all go through and be like, I wanna comp this, 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 and this. And when I say comp, I mean where you go through and you decide you're editing the songs together and you're like, this was a good chorus and I'm gonna put this verse here. And so he'll help me with those engineering edited things. So I know what his rate is. I'm paying him to help me with all those things. I've budgeted like, okay, I have 12 songs. I still need to pay horn arranger for these three songs i need to pay someone to come in and play pedal steel on this song right i have these visions for what the songs need Mm -hmm. obviously i can't play all the instruments that need to be played and so you uh you have people come in and it's it's cool though when i look at the budget of this record and i realize like all this money pretty much like Pretty much all of it, except for what's going to like the PR and creating the CDs, that kind of thing. All of it's going to these real people who have careers in music. Like the amount of money that's been spent has been like this engineer is getting paid this amount. These studio musicians are getting paid this amount for coming and playing. My boyfriend is getting paid this amount for doing overdubs. And it feels really cool to be like, wow, I... You know i had to ask my community for support to help pre-order stuff to be able to pay everyone out for the remainder of this experience but like i've created these jobs for people you know and i'm mm-hmm. like oh i'm the boss and i'm like this seems like a lot of money to me but anyone starting any other kind of business would like Same laugh thing, at yeah. laugh at fifteen thousand dollars you know right. and i'm like that's so much money but
0: well i'll promote your album for free what
1: is it uh it's called what you feel is real and um, it does not have a release date yet. I'm still finishing the overdubs, which I plan to be done with at the end of the summer. And then we'll be in the process this um, this fall of mixing, mastering, making the merch, getting everyone their um, rewards ready to send out in January and then... So it'll have um, like a winter or early spring release in 2023.
0: What's the focus? What's the album based off of? What's the st- Is there a storyline? Is it a concept album?
1: So what you feel is real is the name of one of the songs. And what I realized when I decided to call it that was that all of, well, yeah, all of these songs are like very, very much centered around like mental health self-reflection self-love like those kinds of journeys um and it like especially the song what you feel is real so i feel like that's the one that i was like oh when i call it this it's gonna pull this all together and people are gonna realize what they should be listening for you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm um and there are a lot of different sounds on the albums like honestly i recorded 12 songs and i might I might not put all of them on the record. I need to decide. I, I want to make sure it is really cohesive and it does make sense, mm-hmm. um, everything together. But it really was just like all these new songs that I've written in the past couple of years and my favorites and the ones that I felt like needed to be put out there.
0: So. Mm. Well, be sure to be on the watch out for that one. Um, we have some general questions that I, I want to get to now. So what is some of the maybe biggest mistakes that maybe you've made or you've seen other people make in, in regards to like uh, on their show date uh, with venues or with whatever, and how can you give advice to not make those mistakes? Ooh,
1: okay, you're talking about shows generally? Shows generally, yeah. Okay, shows not like recording. Oh, well, I do. Okay. Um, let me think for a second. So, recently I've realized with shows... I like to give myself so much time. I used to, like, like actually, I played my first full band show since the pandemic back in October at the October Roots and Blues. And I just forgot how much time it takes to, like, you're at rehearsal with your band, and you're like, oh, I need to eat, and then we're going to (laughs) go, our sound check's at, say sound check's at um, 7.30, and the show's at 8.30. So you're like, all right, we'll get there, go get some food at seven. We'll go load in. Well, we were just scrambling because you pull up your car, you put your blinkers on, you're loading in all your stuff. Um, maybe your drummer has the whole drum set if there's not a back line. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your keyboard and your lines and all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, my God, I have to park now. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, everybody keep setting up I'll be back. I run, I like park the car, and I'm like, God, we're like sound checking and I still need to like change and make sure I just don't look like a crazy person who's like really sweaty right now. So then you go like make sure you're presentable, put on what you're gonna wear, whatever. Um, and yeah, like not having enough time before a show is the worst. It is. So just in general in life, I've been trying to give myself more time for everything and trying to have like more rituals around things like being like okay like this is the first time I actually gave myself like a little gig bag that I packed in my backpack so that on Friday when we came for our show at Southern Market we like flew into Harrisburg drove to my parents house loaded the car for all the gear and it's only like 5 p.m. at this point and our show's at 8 but I'm like all right we're going into town right now we need we need to get this stuff set up um And I had my little gig bag and it had like my change of clothes, my little rose water that I like to spritz on my face, my curling iron because I've been enjoying like sort of like doing this certain like ponytail when I play and curling my hair. And I realized that night I was like, this is cool. I feel like I have a ritual down now when I perform that sort of like I transform from my myself in the real world to myself as a performer and it and it feels good and intentional to like have that little metamorphosis happen before a show and it feels good to have time for that and time for me to actually warm up my voice which I used to not do and um it's really important for me because I've had a lot of vocal issues and um you know have time to like set up Sound check, and then take a breather. Like it's horrible to be like sound checking, being go, like go, we go, gotta go, go. okay. Yep. And then the crowd can't even tell that like, oh, were they just sound checking, or had they already started? Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so, yes, give yourself time, and like I love having a little ritual that that makes me feel like I am transforming into this like this performer mm-hmm. for the night. And so that I can help to, like, give this experience to people.
0: That's something I've always been uh, a stickler for myself on. I always give myself at least 30 minutes or an hour of extra time. Because it is so valuable and it can be lost by the stupidest and silliest of things. Like parking. Like parking. Like. You think this is a joke, but (laughs) it's not. It's
1: not. It's It's so important.
0: It's so important to give yourself that extra time, and and it allows you have to have that free time to be like, okay, I'm gonna go out, and there's people there, and I gotta turn it on.
1: Yep, yep. Because yeah, I feel like I've I've been also sort of like reflecting a lot on what's my intention as a performer and like, why do I want to get up in front of people and play music? Mm. And I feel like a big part of it for me is like, I want to create an energy and a space for people that sort of takes them to another place. And like, if I'm distracted and was late and didn't get to like transform into my performer self, like it's going to show, you know, it's going to take away from the audience's experience.
0: Yeah, definitely getting in your uh, right mindset. Yeah, helps. What is um besides that? What is one thing that you wish that you know now that you wish you had known when you first started?
1: Just music in general.
0: Just music in general. Uh, recording. Uh, bit the business side. Anything.
1: Mm. Okay, let me think carefully here. So one thing that I feel like I'm relearning as I make my album, like when I was 19 and made my EP, you know how when you're young, you just have this like unstoppable confidence (laughs) and it's kind of like the older you get, you just start feeling like an imposter more and more for some reason, even though you've been doing what you're doing longer and longer. So. I produced that album and was so proud of it. And then when I started this process to make this album I just had a lot of hiccups and um, like false starts and restarts just sort of doubting that I knew how to do it. And then it's, it's taken a while for me to like get back to this place of like oh my gosh I know what I want. I know how I want this to sound. I like what what's the issue here? Like where did the confidence go? It was it was a really really big journey on this album of me sort of like reclaiming my role as a producer and realizing like I know what I want and I know how I want my music to sound and I have a vision that's as worthy as anyone else's and you know everyone Like, I just feel like people need to know, like, their creative visions are super valuable and so unique and the only version of that that the world has, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I was a little intimidated by making a record in Nashville and at first felt this pressure to, like, thinking I needed to, like, bring in all these other people to, like, defer to and, like, help me do it. And then I realized, like, whoa, I really know what i want and i'm just scared you know right i yeah. i just need to give myself this opportunity to grow so it's been a huge growing experience and i've been learning like you know there are things that i'm like ooh, yeah like i have finale now like i know how to write music i know what i want the horns to do i'm gonna write the horn parts and then i'm like actually Okay, I'm getting exhausted. I am doing everything for this album. Maybe I'm gonna hire someone to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's like, then you can pick and choose and be like, okay, I actually do really need help on this thing, and you can hire it out. But I would say, like, learning to trust myself again mm. has been really so valuable, and I never wanna forget that. And I just want people to, um to trust in that in themselves, you know? Yeah. So
0: that's awesome. Uh two more questions. What is one thing you didn't expect going into the music industry?
1: Hmm. One thing I didn't expect. Well, I feel like I'm I'm sort of surprising myself that I want to be a side person like um and it's cool to see like how many of my friends in Nashville like their whole careers are being side people and supporting other people's music um I guess I maybe didn't expect my career in music to be so like um have so many pieces and moving parts but also like I said earlier I've always loved so many things so I feel <laughs> like it's perfect for me to be like oh I'm gonna teach a little I'm gonna th- in the afternoon I'm gonna like transcribe these songs that I'm gonna go to rehearsal and learn these people's songs and then the next day I'm gonna like record my songs and there's like a lot of different things that go into it that um when I sort of blindly decided to start like freelancing after college, I, I don't think I really realized that I was like, I'm making a career in music. I was kind of like, I need to pay the bills and teaching lessons and playing gigs is what I've always done. And, and now I'm like, Oh, well I love doing that stuff. And it's cool to see, I guess the biggest thing that surprises me about the music industry is how much there is to do in it. Like, It's not just writing songs and singing like it's like everything under the sun. And it's it takes a village just like um, making a movie, like the amount of people that go into making a record or having a band that tours around like there's the management and the business and the advertisement and the it's just crazy how much goes into it.
0: Yeah, it's, and the the phrase uh, "it takes a village to raise a ch- child," <laughs> it takes a village to make a music record. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, last question: What is one of your uh, one of the funniest or maybe worst things that ever happened on a show?
1: Oh, huh, wow. Maybe I've like blocked some things out of my memory because I don't have anything that's like coming up right away. Um.
0: Any any of your stands just fall apart, and your and your piano just drips. Or I mean, all the all
1: the time, I'm like accidentally like, like hitting my guitar on things or like <laughs> hitting myself on the microphone, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I do those things a lot. I try to keep a very like casual relationship with the audience, where I'm like, they know I'm a human. Like I'm not trying to be something I'm not up here. You know, I feel like I've had. A lot of those silly moments um anything like crazy knock on wood i don't i don't think yet um huh that's a good question i wish i had a better answer no i
0: mean i mean it's fine I, i've known people who have uh literally slipped and gone <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's amazing. I mean, I forget lyrics sometimes. Like, on... What do you
0: do when you forget lyrics?
1: Well, on Friday night at Southern Market, I had this three-hour gig, and that's a long time to be singing. It's a
0: long time. Um, Straight, right? Because there's no breaks. We took all. a little break in okay.
1: the middle, but um, I put a bunch of songs on the set that I hadn't sung for like a long time, <laughs> and I didn't have time to practice them. And I just went up there thinking that I was just going to magically remember all these words. And there were like several songs that I would get to a part and just be like, oh, forget the words here. It's been a while. Like, and then people would like clap and then I remember (laughs) them. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's fine. I mean, if I was playing some like really special, like big Amphitheater show or something. I would feel really embarrassed if I forgot the words, but I'd probably handle it the same way, you know, just be casual. Solo over it. Solo <laughs> over it. Yeah, I'm bad at hiding it though. I I'm I think too honest. I'm just like, hey everybody, just so you know, I just forgot the words, and I'm like, I didn't have to say that.
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to let everyone know because that's the thing in music. You don't you. Sh- uh, People that won't know you make a mistake. Totally. Unless you acknowledge it. Totally.
1: Sometimes I will just like motion to Micah and be like, (laughs) take another solo. And then I'm like, trying to remember. And I'm like, I have one verse to remember. Like, he's going to play over one verse. And I'm just like, still not there, <laughs> singing to the chorus and then we'll just jam it out and out yeah. to the end, you know some I'm, I'm sure people don't always don't always know but...
0: no I'm well because I mean in the moment, people are just jamming to the music, and most of them are probably a little bit inebriated,
1: Yep. Some, <laughs> so... sometimes, and um, yeah, lyrics are hard for me to remember sometimes yeah. I will like bring up some extra sheets and put them on the ground sometimes to, like, peer at. Luckily, I have very good vision, so I can, like, see tiny writing on the ground. And <laughs> Let's see.
0: Key superpowers. vision. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, with all that said, this has been Nina DeVitri. You can find her on Facebook, Nina DeVitri Music. You can find her on Instagram, at Nina.DV. Oh, the, I just realized it stands for DeVitri.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when I was in, like, 11th grade and I made an Instagram, I was all, like, I'm not going to put my real name on here because I don't want the internet to, like, track me. I mean, now you see where we are. We're all yeah, right. tracked yeah, all the time. I'm just cracking up that I thought that, like, you could putting my it. name at DV would be, like, incognito.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's why it's that.
0: But. And you can find her on Spotify. Make sure to watch out for the album drop sometime coming maybe this year, next year. 2023.
1: 2023.
0: Yeah. With all of that said, I hope you have a wonderful day. Please do check out uh my stuff. Uh, you can find follow me on the story Corey Rosen. That's C O R Y no E R O S E N at Facebook on all streaming platforms. You can find me there. You can find uh I think I have some stuff on Spotify. If you want to like Corey Rosen, check cool. that out. I think so. Um, what? Well, because. Well, doing the solo artist thing, too, I'm don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? So having to create copyright, getting like the ASCAP or or whatever it is, yeah. Um, <laughs> putting myself as a publisher, it's like oh, this is stuff that's beyond my
1: comprehension. Right, right. And then it turns out it's like, it's actually beyond everyone's comprehension. Everyone's Wait, just nobody like knows what they're doing. doing their best, like walking in the dark.
0: <laughs> and and well, that's part of the goal of the podcast, is trying to figure out what did other people do, so yeah. that way I can maybe try that and see if that works for me. <laughs> totally.
1: That's smart. That's really smart.
0: With all that said, uh, please check out tomorrow, we're going to have the Kaleidoscope. It's a local studio group around here that is, uh, has done some awesome work for some of my previous guests so please do check out that if you want to support us please do like subscribe share all that jazz if you're really feeling generous please uh, check out the merchandise we have stickers and we have hoodies with the first 50 guests on the back with all of that said i hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll, we'll see you guys tomorrow bye